Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is up, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the show. This is Free Mind Podcast with Dave Hurt, and I am happy that you're here. Okay, folks, before we jump into it, just wanted to uh, ask you really quick to please go to justworkco.com. That is just work, J-U-S-T-W-O-R-K-C-O, justworkco.com, and sign up for <clears throat> my mailing list. That is where you'll get info on the shirts and everything like that that are going to be dropping here soon. So please do that. I'll put it up on the screen here on the YouTube video. But if you're listening, that's justworkco.com. And that's where we will be updating you on the pre-sale for the Free Mind t-shirts and the Question Everything t-shirts. And I am actually wearing a Question Everything shirt right now in our OD green. It has the American flag on the sleeve the Just Work logo on the back, and then question everything and distress letters across the front. So if you're interested in any of our shirts or anything like that, please go to JustWorkCo.com, sign up for the mailing list, and that URL is actually going to be where we build out the site. So here in the next week or so, that's where the main page for everything I have going on is going to be because Just Work is my company. That is sort of my philosophy for life. It's always been kind of the the way I've done things. No matter what, just work. Just put your head down and work. And so that was my coaching business when I was doing a lot of coaching as far as nutrition and training. And that's the name of the apparel uh, as well. So if, if you want to get on the list, go to justworkco.com. Also, please, 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 if you're listening on YouTube, subscribe, like, comment, all that fun stuff. It means the world. And I would greatly appreciate it. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating or review. And if you're on Spotify, please make sure you're subscribed. And I appreciate every single one of you. All right, let's jump into it. So first off, New York, New York, New York. New York is using race as a criterion for the distribution of of COVID treatments. Yes, that is happening. It's the year 2022. It is not the Jim Crow South. It is New York in 2022. And apparently they are using race as one of their criteria for determining who gets things like monoclonal antibodies. So just going to read a little bit to you guys. This is from Daily Mail. And uh, the headline is New York City is prioritizing COVID tests for minorities leaked emails show after white people in the state were told not to attempt to get monoclonal antibody treatment. So it's kind of a couple things there, right? So testing, they are 
distributing based on race and then treatments they're distributing based on race. Now, it, it seems like this is occurring in the name of, quote, racial equity, saying that these minority populations, for example, have been underserved historically. And there are things like structural and institutional racism, systemic racism, what have you, whatever reason you want to plug in there. But they have decided that for whatever of those reasons you want to choose, uh, they can preferentially give people monoclonal antibody treatments and tests for COVID based on their race, uh, preferring people of color and minority communities over white people. <sighs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I mean, this this Daily Mail article, it, it kind of lays it all out here. It says officials say they're prioritizing minority communities who have borne the brunt of the pandemic due to structural racism. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. Like you, you shouldn't deny or give preferential medical care to any group of humans based on race. It should not matter. It should not come into effect. I mean, I think the only potential scenario where that should matter is if like you're talking sunburn. Okay. If you're super pale, yeah, maybe you'll get really bad sunburn and blisters and all of that. So, uh, but still, I mean, like it's preposterous, man. It's absolutely crazy. They're going to say that if you're white, you can't have a treatment. This is outrageous. So it says, yeah, non-whites in New York state. So New York state, not even just New York city have priority for monoclonal antibody treatment. And this is amid a nationwide shortage also, apparently, which I've heard kind of mixed messaging on that, that there's not really a nationwide sh shortage, that essentially the Biden administration is controlling the flow to certain states because of politics, for lack of a better way of putting it. But anyway, this is happening. This is happening in the year 2022 in New York. They are determining whether or not you get medical treatment based on your skin color. So this is crazy. Uh, and here's another article from New York Post. The headline is, and this is an opinion piece by a guy named Joel Zinberg. New York's racial risk factor for COVID treatment is illegal and immoral. <sighs> yeah, you know, I'd kind of have to agree with that, I think. So I'll just, I'll just go through a little bit of this. New York City's and state's departments of health have reached a divisive and destructive low. In new guidelines rationing scarce, life-saving oral antiviral medications and the one monoclonal antibody preparation that is effective against the Omicron variant of the SARS-CoV-2 virus that causes COVID-19, they instruct providers to, quote, consider race and ethnicity and give preference to those who are black, indigenous, and people of color. These directives are immoral, illegal, and bear no relation to the science. Well, I'll certainly agree with that last statement. <clears throat> I mean, there's quite simply no science that says that uh, there's no science that, that would come to the conclusion that you do or don't get treatment against this disease based on your race. That's, man, that is really a, a like they said, it's really a, new destructive low. It's wild. You know, just, just a year ago, two years ago, whatever, we, we would talk about this kind of stuff and 
say, oh, we would never get to the point where we're actually discriminating against people based on the color of their skin in the name of racial equity when it comes to things like medical care. Yet here we are. Here we are, people. So the city's health advisory number 39 directs providers to adhere to the State Department of Health's prioritization guidance for utilization of these COVID-19 treatments that are in short supply. Say that 10 times fast. It asks providers to consider whether patients are immunocompromised, fair, their age, also fair, their vaccine status, shouldn't matter, and the number of risk factors, i.e. medical conditions, should matter. Uh, that they have for severe illness. The problem, okay, this is continuing in this article, this opinion piece on the New York Post. The problem with the state's guidance is the instruction that, quote, non-white race or Hispanic slash Latino ethnicity should be considered a risk factor. Now, it's not considered a risk factor because of some peer-reviewed science that showed that people of this particular racial background or ethnic background are predisposed to have more severe side effects or more severe symptoms rather from this disease. No, they're looking at it as a risk factor, quote, as longstanding systemic health and social inequities have contributed to an increased risk from COVID-19. So there you go, folks. We are now allowing (laughs) segregate or whatever you want to call it, unfair treatment, unequal treatment based on race in the context of medical care in the state of New York. So that's happening. All right. Oh boy. Marjorie Taylor Greene, MTG, has been kicked off Twitter. You guys have probably seen this uh, series of tweets one where she was essentially going after Dan Crenshaw for being a rhino. Uh, another where, um, and I think Crenshaw is involved in this as well, but she's essentially saying, and I could be conflating it. Maybe it was all in one tweet. She, I think was saying something like FEMA shouldn't be brought in, uh, for, uh, increased testing or, or treatment, uh, efforts for, for, COVID for the Omicron variant, because we've had this huge surge in cases, not deaths, not hospitalizations, none of that, just cases. Because remember, Omicron is essentially like the common cold insofar as symptoms go. So she was beefing with Crenshaw over it. Uh, I think she also said something about AOC, which we covered on the show, I think the previous episode. You know, AOC was down in Florida, living it up, mask free, hugging people, dancing, drinking, you know, living her best life after relentlessly criticizing folks like Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, as well as the governor of Texas, essentially all the the governors of states that have been opposed to mandates and who have been pro-choice and pro-freedom insofar as COVID goes. Uh, she's been extremely critical of them, didn't care about any of that when she went down to Florida and <laughs> didn't wear a mask. You know, all all of that. We talked about it last episode. So Marjorie Taylor Greene was, of course, critical of her with that. But anyway, there were a series of tweets where she uh, essentially was beefing with these folks and and talking about COVID. And and in general, you know, that's kind of a no-no topic unless you're repeating the mantra of Fauci and Francis Collins. But she got herself kicked off Twitter. Now, this is... 
This is interesting and kind of a little scary, to be quite honest. Now, I know there's the whole private company thing. Twitter can do as they please. But, I mean, they are essentially, I mean, it's a different beast, right? They've gotten to the scale now where they essentially control the discourse. They are the town square. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is an elected official who is right in the middle of serving the people whom she represents, right? So she's not like, so Donald Trump obviously got kicked off Twitter, but he was right there at the end of his first term. He was on his way out anyway. Uh, So you could say, yes, they kicked an elected president off, an active president off of Twitter, still pretty messed up. But Marjorie Taylor Greene still has like, what, like another year or something. And then she's probably going to get reelected because she has really, really high approval ratings so this is the first instance where that has happened. Uh, an active serving member of the U.S. Congress has been kicked off of the platform and had no recourse, no due process, anything like that, which I think is a big deal because it, when elected officials are on Twitter, for example, they aren't allowed to block people. They aren't allowed to uh, basically – they're not allowed to protect themselves against harassment or anything like that. And uh, it's just and, – and that's because they're an elected official. I don't, know, I don't know if this is coming out right. I'm trying to say something, but I don't know if I'm saying it the right way here. So – but that is because that there's this understanding that because they're an elected official within the U.S. government that – it's imperative that whatever they're talking about, whatever their thoughts are, whatever they have to say, all people are entitled to hear that. That's why elected officials can't block people. Even if they're harassing them, they're not allowed to block people. So it's kind of odd that conversely, Twitter would just kick you off when I mean, you're not allowed to block people because it's so important that people hear your communication but Twitter can can just kick you right off. So I guess the whole being an elected official thing only matters when they want it to matter, not when they want you off the platform. So it's really odd. There's, of course, been other folks kicked off Twitter recently. Dr. Robert Malone, who I think I talked about last episode, maybe he's uh, <laughs> was a very well-respected molecular biologist, uh, vaccinologist, um, sort of very uh, well-known, well-respected within his field, worked in vaccines for like three decades, developing vaccines, very pro-vaccine guy. They're calling him an anti-vaxxer now because he's been honest about COVID and essentially spoken up against the narrative that the, um, you know, you guys know all of this. I've talked about all of this. He's been very outspoken about some of this stuff. (sighs) So he's been kicked off and, uh, Just a whole host of folks have been kicked off of Twitter recently, and you guys know that the CEO, the new CEO who stepped in after Dorsey left, said explicitly that he doesn't care about free speech. So until there's a change in legislation or something that instills the same value of free speech on these platforms, this will continue to happen. Uh, and it's – I was listening to Tim Pool earlier when he was interviewing Marjorie Taylor Greene about this and he made a good point. You know, And this spoke to me because I am 
uh, a landlord and myself as a landlord, yes, I'm a private entity. I'm a private company. But once I have a tenant who is on my quote platform in my property, I can't just kick them out because they have rights. Tenants have rights. Renters have rights to be there. Like it's a very involved process and I have to have a very good reason and it takes a lot of time and usually you have to litigate uh, and it, it can go to the courts. I mean, there are all kinds of hoops you have to jump through. Even though you're a private business, you can't just kick someone out. So, you know, Twitter obviously is different. It's a tech platform, et cetera. But like there's a good, a good uh, point there that perhaps something like that should be in place there too. I mean, it shouldn't be just you can be removed. I mean, there should maybe be a process because look, I'll tell you what, there have been several instances on Instagram where I have, like I posted a screenshot on my story of a peer reviewed meta analysis of a bunch of scientific studies that was posted in a medical journal. I just posted a screenshot of the first page of the article showing the title and the abstract, et cetera. And Instagram removed that for misinformation. I, I have no idea why. It was literally a screenshot of a scientific article, in fact, a meta-analysis. So it was like 50 different studies that they were analyzing in this study. Twitter decided, despite the fact that this was a, an article from however many, 50 to 100 <laughs> qualified scientists, PhDs, statisticians, etc. The folks at Twitter decided that it wasn't accurate, that it was misinformation, or not Twitter, Instagram rather, decided that it was misinformation. Now, this was in August and they have a, a thing you can click that says to appeal it or whatever so that a real person will will look at it. So I guess it's the algorithm that deemed it misinformation um, but again, that's based on their input. They said, you know, anything that shows this, this or this, take it down. But anyway, that was in August and I, I have not, it still hasn't been reviewed. I requested a review of it still hasn't been reviewed. Um, there have been two other instances where I was attacked on a post that I made people calling me names, people harassing me. And I replied back essentially defending myself and I got hit with community guideline violations for, quote, harassment. So I, I asked for both of those to be reviewed. They haven't been reviewed yet either. So it's it's just they, they can kind of do what they want, and you're just left to wonder what is going on. I mean, they th again, this was in August that I requested a review of something that was taken down for misinformation that was literally a screenshot of a scientific meta-analysis. And I haven't heard anything from them. I've been shadow banned a bunch since then. So it's just when you're talking about the dissemination of information and people sharing ideas and thoughts and, and communication and discourse, it, there should be a, a better process. And I understand you're operating at an inconceivable scale, right? And, and algorithms are important insofar as you just can't have that many people monitoring everything all the time. It's impossible. You're talking about billions and billions and billions 
of posts, I don't know, every hour or whatever it is. I'm sure it's something astronomical. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I get that, but you have to have mechanisms in place where where you don't have situations where literally someone can just I mean my account on Instagram has been disabled twice and apparently both times it was just that no human was involved they just disabled my account and it took me months to get it back up and running because once you reach out and try to get help there's nobody there right so anyway that was a, a long tangent there but what I wanted to talk about is all of these folks getting kicked off Twitter are now going over to a platform called Getter. It's G-E-T-T-R. And apparently it is a more pro-free speech platform. Um, it's very similar to Twitter. It looks a lot like Twitter. Joe Rogan went over to Getter a couple days ago after hearing from Robert Malone that he had been banned from Twitter. And he had gone over to Getter. And he told Joe about it, and I believe some clips from their episode were taken down off Twitter and were taken down off of YouTube. And so that even further motivated Joe to do it. But anyway, he went over to Getter, and he already has like almost 9 million followers. It's crazy. But there's been this huge drive of people heading over to Getter as a result of Marjorie Taylor Greene, Robert Malone, Joe Rogan. All, especially Joe Rogan, all these people going over there. And it's been interesting to see because we now have a scenario where this is a very legit, real platform now with, I mean, like I said, Joe has 9 million followers almost. And there are quite a few influencers on there with large followings already. So this isn't trivial. This is this is a real thing. And it'll be interesting to watch what happens now. And I think oftentimes that's what it takes with these platforms because there are a bunch of them, right. That are sort of not the main stream of platforms. It's interesting. You know, we, we kind of had this shift of the mainstream from like the networks, right? Like CNN, ABC, CBS, Fox news, whatever, MSNBC. I mean, they're still there. They're still around, but they, Fox gets pretty good viewership, but the rest of them, I mean, nobody gives a shit, honestly. Like if you're watching the rest of those outlets as your primary source of information, I mean, you're, you're a loser pretty much and you're closed minded and you're not paying attention to what's going on in the world. I'm sorry to say if you're that kind of person, it's not too late to change. But my point there was that kind of shifted to like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, I guess now TikTok. Like there's a main handful of social media platforms, but then there are also all of these sort of fringe or or 
other platforms like Getter is one, Minds is one, Gab is one, Parler was one. I think Parler's back around again. So there are a bunch of other platforms like this. And I think one of the big issues is that no really big name ever moved to one of these platforms. And and we just saw it happen with Joe Rogan, someone with astronomical levels of influence and reach. All it took was him moving over there. And then, and then there's been this massive surge of people going to the platform. And like if Donald Trump had done it when they kicked him off Twitter, Getter would probably be huge now. He could have done that. But it takes someone like that, I think, to essentially endorse a platform, to join a platform, and then people will follow. So that's been kind of interesting to watch, pretty cool to observe. I am now on Getter. I joined today. So that was all a lead up to a plug for you guys to follow me on Getter. I'm the same username as Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else, at I am Dave Hurt. So if you guys have a Getter account, if you want to follow me on Getter, head on over there and... uh I tell you what, it gets tiresome trying to keep up with posting to all these different platforms, man. Because like, who you can't just like make one post and put it everywhere because there's different types of posts for different types of platforms. I mean, right now I'm doing Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, of course, YouTube. And the audio versions of the podcast have to be posted each day. And I already forgot the ones I named Getter right? I'm on parlor. I don't really post there any, uh, I'm on, uh, TikTok, but don't really use that that much. I mean, it's like 10 platforms almost that I'm on. It's crazy. And most of those, because of what I do with almost daily episodes of a podcast and always sharing new information and stuff like that. I mean, I'm posting on pretty much all of them every day. It's wild folks. It's hard to keep up. And I don't know. We'll see where all of this goes, but really cool to see if you haven't joined Getter, maybe give it a look, give it a try. Uh, I was a little concerned because folks started messaging me saying that the guy who started it or has a large ownership stake in it is is um, a billionaire from China. Turns out he's actually, he is a billionaire from China, but he is someone who I guess uh, hates the CCP. He's pretty anti Chinese Communist Party. So I, I think that you're okay there. I don't think there's any, any, I mean, who knows though these days, right? Like honestly, who the hell knows? But so that was one thing that I had heard about Getter, but, uh, yeah, folks, head on over to Getter. Give me a follow at I am Dave Hurt. Marjorie Taylor Greene is now there. Uh, Robert Malone is there. Joe Rogan is there. (sighs) Good times. Good times. All right. So I want to talk about Omicron. Not Omicron, which is what Joe Biden calls it. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's some kind of transformer. But Omicron, which is the type of variant of COVID that I want to discuss, and it's based off of the Greek letter Omicron. Again, Omicron, no clue. It uh, Interestingly, I was like, okay, by now, got to be some Omicron deaths in the U.S. And <laughs> you try looking it up. This is from... December 21st, this is newsweek.com. And first Omicron death in US. But then you go to look down here, and of course, what do you see? It was a man, an older man around, it says between 50 and 60. I don't know how they couldn't get his actual age, but he had 
underlying health conditions is all it says. And here's the key. It says he died after he tested positive for Omicron. It couldn't get any more cryptic and ambiguous. Like, did he die from Omicron? Did he die from COVID? Or did he die after he tested positive with it? Like, th- this is a big deal here. This matters. Again, this stems back to what we talked about last episode where it was like died with COVID or died from COVID. And Fauci having to admit, essentially, especially when it comes to children who are hospitalized, a lot of it is just hospitalized with COVID. They go in for a friggin' broken arm or appendicitis and they test positive for COVID. That counts as a COVID hospitalization, right? So here you have Newsweek, like, guys, be clear in your reporting. What the hell is going on here? Says the man died after testing positive for Omicron. But then in the headline, they call it the first Omicron death in the U.S. Did the guy die after testing positive or did he actually die from it? This is so disingenuous. It's just they just so desperately want to have that headline, the first Omicron death. Look, here's the thing. There's been a massive, massive surge. And they're saying it's like 70% Omicron, 70-something percent. But, of course, that's all based on modeling. It could be entirely inaccurate, right? They're not testing every single positive test for the presence of the variant. They can't do that. We don't have the sophisticated testing necessary for that everywhere we test, right? So that number is just based on modeling and projections. And we know how accurate those tend to be, especially in this pandemic. Not accurate at all. But here we go once again. So as far as I know, there is not a single U.S. death conclusively from the Omicron variant of COVID-19. I'm saying a lot of words in this episode that are probably going to get my YouTube demonetized, but that's okay. And I just kept digging and I really couldn't find anything. Like there's how million plus cases, right, of of Omicron by now in the in the U.S. I don't know if I'm right with that. Don't, excuse me, don't quote me, but I know we're up to like unprecedented daily case numbers and you can't find a death anywhere. Like this is the kind of stuff that should be reported so heavily, like good news. Guess what guys? Cases are surging, but there's no death. Like this is a good freaking thing, man. This is a really good thing. So I, I wanted to share that because it's important. It's important to talk about those types of things. Like all they're going to tell you is huge surge in in cases. They leave out the really important part that nobody's dying from it. Hospitalizations are nothing compared to what they were under Delta. But they're not going to tell you that because they need to scare you. They need to fear monger. They desperately cling to whatever little morsel of fear they can rustle up out of your brain. And so now it's unprecedented surge of coronavirus cases. Like, look, you should always take your health seriously, period. Right. But come on, guys, like have some integrity. And and again, with this Newsweek thing. And then, of course, the the first thing they have to include in the in the title, unvaxxed Texas man. First to die in U.S. from Omicron variant. We don't know if it was from it. Like you got, if you guys know that it's from it, you didn't include it in the article because all you said is he died after testing positive and you didn't even say what he died from actually, like what is, what did, like, what were the complications and underlying health conditions? Like none of that. It's so vague, right? 
Oh, frustrating, y'all. Frustrating. But tons of people will parrot this like, oh, you know, there's people dying from Omicron now. Like, no, no, they're not. Not at all, actually. In fact, so there's that going on. Don't let them fool you. This is a very mild variant and things are looking good. Like have some optimism. Let's, let's be positive here. So, and maybe this is why Eric Swalwell, Democrat politician from California, you know, the guy famous for farting and dating a Chinese spy. Uh, he is, uh, another Democrat politician caught in the great state of Florida basically being a complete and total hypocrite and doing everything that he says you shouldn't do. So he's caught maskless in Florida um, right after AOC was. So now you got Eric Swalwell down in Miami Beach hanging out maskless, hanging out with some woman. He's got his baby with him. There's all these pictures. This is from Daily Mail. And look, again, like I said with AOC, like this is the way it should be. This, This is how it should be. He should be maskless hanging out. But here's the problem. He demonizes people for doing exactly what he's doing. That is the problem. He's calling you evil, calling you a horrible person, telling you that you're the problem because you do exactly what he just caught doing, hanging out without a mask, living your life like a free American. Again, this trend continues of these politicians from New York, Florida, not Florida, New York, California, Michigan, all of these blue, heavily mandated, heavily locked down states where they trash talk Texas and Florida and even my home state of South Carolina. They trash talk these politicians who believe in not infringing on your liberties and allowing you to be a sovereign adult and make your own choices. You're, you're a horrible, evil person for that. But what do they do? They escape their blue states and come down to your state and live it up. Don't wear their mask. Who cares, right? And this happens right after this Swalwell guy. I mean, what a, this guy's a doofus, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) Come on. Right after he tweets this. As we end 2021 mired in a deadly pandemic, you should know who has prolonged it. These guys, Republican liars, your vacation canceled, your kids back to virtual learning and back to masks everywhere for blame. Look no farther than hashtag these guys. And then he goes down to Florida and lives up, lives it up mask free. Guys, give me a break. Like, give me a, this is, it's. How do, how do you like think you're not going to be seen? How do you, or I guess they just don't care because they got you guys so fooled and you're still worshiping at their feet because they're all high and mighty. I don't know, but like, give me a friggin' break. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, and, and he's, he's tweeted all kinds of stuff like, uh, what's another one? It's unsafe in the cabin and we are transporting the virus, he tweeted while he was on a flight. Like, he, He's just like this fear-mongering guy who supports these draconian measures that we know are ineffective. You know, there's, there's this thing called the world with lots of other countries who have tried all kinds of things. And I've talked about this before. I mean, we had Israel as an example and, and other countries, but – 
all you have to do is look to other countries that have had extreme lockdowns and extremely high vaccination rates and all sorts of measures taken. None of it matters. They still have surges in cases. They still have tons of breakthrough infections. Like nothing mitigates it. All right. And you think you would learn from that and stop guilt tripping people and fear mongering people because you know that these measures don't work, or at least if you're a thinking human capable of rationalizing, then you should know that these measures don't work. Yet you still want to push like a third booster, fourth booster. Like you know that the Omicron's binding site for epitope recognition is so evolved or so mutated rather that the vaccines are pretty dang useless against it. And you know that it's an extremely mild variant. Yeah, you're like, you need to get your booster or else you're evil. And then you go down to Florida and hang out without a mask on. I mean, it's just so preposterous. But there's been countless examples of this, right? Gavin Newsom hanging out at the French Laundry with no mask, not social distancing, while he imposes all these things on his citizens. And then Nancy Pelosi walking around with no mask in a beauty salon that she had open, especially for her. You guys remember early in the pandemic, like... It goes on and on and on and on. Gretchen Whitmer, um, you know, wanting her, what was it? Like her husband still got to like go out in his boat. And there's always these rules for thee, not for me scenarios. And and look, it tends to be, you know, call a spade a spade. It tends to be Democrats, at least during this pandemic, right? Like, because they're the ones pushing for the draconian lockdowns and mandates and stuff. Like, and if you if you're going to say of course they weren't wearing a mask masks aren't mandated in florida well if you believe so wholeheartedly in the utility of masks at mitigating the spread of this disease you can still wear one anyway right aoc could still have been wearing a mask especially since she was like hugging it up in a huge crowd of people and rubbing all up against people and stuff i mean swalwell could still wear a mask if he actually believed in I mean, they clearly don't believe in these things. They don't believe they work or else they would actually do them themselves when they're not required to, right? So anyway, that's what's going on, y'all. Let's recap. Why not? New York using race to discriminate against folks as far as COVID treatment and testing goes. Marjorie Taylor Greene kicked off of Twitter. Robert Malone kicked off of Twitter. They both went over together. Joe, Joe Malone. Jesus. Joe Rogan went over to Getter. Now there's tons of people over on Getter. I am on Getter at I am Dave Hurt. Go follow me there. Still yet to find, as far as I'm concerned, a true Omicron death in the U.S. And Newsweek is playing that game of calling it a death from Omicron. When you look in the article, it's a someone who died after testing positive for Omicron. We don't know how the guy died. And still... It's one guy. There's no other stories about Omicron deaths, despite thousands, I don't know, maybe a million cases now in the U.S. And remember, this is a good thing. Like, remember that this is a good thing, guys. Live your lives, okay? Live your freaking lives. And then lastly, Eric Swalwell, the flatulating, spy-dating Democrat politician from California, caught gallivanting around Florida maskless despite telling GOP politicians that it's their fault for prolonging the pandemic because they don't want to mandate masks and vaccines. The hypocrite award of the day goes to that guy. So there you have it, folks. That's all I got for you today.
until next time. And please go to justworkco.com, join the mailing list. We got shirts coming soon, but until next time, folks, keep your minds free. parts o'reilly auto parts has parts need them fast we've got fast no matter what you need we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability just one part that makes o'reilly stand apart the professional parts people oh oh